Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the 4-0 Sports Podcast. I'm here with Matt Larson, a guy I met on Twitter. He's also up and coming on the podcast business. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, my name's, uh, name's Matt. I, uh, I started the uh, sports Twitter in March, just, you know, COVID times. I had a lot of time on my hands just being mm-hmm. part-time in college, so I, I thought I'd get into that and... I also am a mass comm major, so this is all something I've been into for a while. So I thought I'd actually, you know, throw myself out there into an actual podcast. Mm-hmm. We're glad to have you on. Yeah. I'm going to start off with the wildcard games, but first I want to ask a question. How do you guys feel about the Nickelodeon broadcast? <laughs> it, was, it was something, man. It was something. That's all I'm gonna say. The f bomb. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that was funny. That was funny, man. It it was just like so unneeded because like people, most people who don't, most people who watch football nowadays don't watch Nickelodeon. So like I don't understand why they correlated the two. It just didn't really make sense to me. They were trying to get the young audience, but I I don't I don't think it worked. It just looked corny and. I mean, I can't imagine any like sports parents watching that and them explaining the rules twenty times. Yeah, it's That's just annoying. It was more of a thing for other people to make fun of instead of kids trying to learn how to watch football. It's just it's weird. The game they showed, like, imagine your first game being a Bears game. You're just a Bears fan, <laughs> but like the rest of the season, like the game was horrible to like put out there because it was a it was a pretty bad game. Yeah. We'll get now talk about the wild card games, but right. I think I think it was cool. It was it was something neat, you know. It was something different, definitely. But all right, now we're actually gonna get into the games. Okay, so first one on Saturday was Colts at the Bills. There's a final score of 27-24 Bills. That went down to the the buzzer. The Bills were up twenty four to ten at the beginning of the fourth after a Diggs touchdown. But the Colts came back. They still came up short. I, but I think if the Colts had their timeouts, they could have tied or won the game because that really killed them in the end. Yeah. Colts should have had this game in the bag, in my opinion. Um, the Blankenship miss, missed field goal was huge for them because um, if they would have gotten that, the game would have been 27-27. So at the minimum, they are going to at least get overtime. Um, mm-hmm. And the Pittman drop, that was kind of on Rivers, but – Pittman probably should have called that in, and they should have at least won by like a field goal or something or a score, because then it, they wouldn't have to try to get down the field as fast as possible and play like how they want to play, set a, a blank and chip for a field goal. But yeah. the Bills look kind of shaky. Colts, the Colts really stepped it up, and I think the, if they get a quarterback, they're gonna be really good next year because, like Phil Rivers, like for this year. He really showed that their offense could be dangerous if they have a good quarterback. Maybe they trade for Watson or they get someone in the draft, but I guess we'll see what happens in the offseason. But pretty good game. The problem for them now is they lost their starting uh, starting tackle, Anthony Constanzo. Uh, he retired today or yesterday. But, yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I think I think Frank Reich is going to have a long look at this tape over the offseason. He made some questionable calls where he could have had a field goal earlier in the game and I mean, Phil Rivers just barely missed Pittman on an out-and-up end of the end zone. I mean, it's, you know, when it comes to playoffs, I mean, it's that close. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for two, but when they went for two, that was kind of, I don't understand why they did that. It kind of made no sense, um, in my opinion. But, you know. People were saying the analytics say that if you go for two there, that you have a better chance of winning. But I, I don't, I personally, I don't agree. But I'm not a coach. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they had a lot of chances, and they kind of screwed up a couple times, but <sighs> they're really they, they should have won. They're a really they're young good. team. They're like a decent team. I just think like they need a new quarterback. I think they should draft for a quarterback this this next draft, and once they do that, they can build off that because they have a young team, and yeah, they can definitely be better in the later years. They yeah. could pull off Mac Jones. I mean, he's so. I mean, he's not Phil Rivers, but I mean, if there's not a yeah. whole lot of draft comps considerable to Phil Rivers than than Mac Jones. Yeah, and also that's Buffalo's first playoff win since '95. So uh, good on them. Yeah. Okay, next game. I we got Rams at Seahawks. Final score of thirty to twenty Rams. To be honest. I never saw the Seahawks doing much in the playoffs because all throughout the season, it was either offense plays good, defense plays bad, defense plays good, and offense plays bad in each game. Like, they never played as a whole. They never both played as a good team. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I just couldn't see them pulling off, like, a major win with that kind of gameplay. Yeah. Um, I... In the last episode, no, not the episode for the last episode, I predicted that the Rams would upset the Seahawks. Um, a lot of people were doubting the Rams because their offense is kind of shaky. But uh, mm-hmm. the Seahawks, you don't really need to have the best offense. And Jalen Ramsey completely locked up DK Metcalf, um, except for that one touchdown. But I don't even think he that was, was like on the improv touchdown. There, so. But uh, Jalen Ramsey is just he's, – he's really good. He's – he he locks down everybody, almost everybody. Um, and Russell Wilson, he's looked he's looked really bad the second half of the year. Um, I don't know, like I don't know if it's the like him. It might be his line. His line's really bad, so he has to like improvise on a lot of plays. And uh, when you have to do that, you tend to he gets sacked a lot too, which sucks. But uh, I kind of thought the Rams were going to win just because, you know, if you stop the Seahawks' defense, then you have to rely on the defense. When you have to rely on the defense, then uh, it's not really going to go that good for you if you're the Seahawks. Yeah, that was that was my big thing uh, going into this game. I mean, I had watched a lot of Seahawks games up to this point, and, yeah, they, they, need, a, they need a line to keep him upright. I mean, it is just rough. I mean, he's scrambling for his life half of the time. And my, you know, my thing with the Rams is, I mean, they just pounded it on a good run defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Akers had, you know, 28 carries for 131 yards. There's a rookie. You're letting a yeah, rookie yeah. run all over you. He's never been like that all season. That's just. He had, he had one blow up a game. I, I can't remember who it was against, but he had one really good game and then he got hurt. But, I mean, just, I mean, you knew, you. I mean, the Rams are one of those teams, you know exactly how they are going to attack you, and you still couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald in there just really, like, takes your takes everyone's eyes off of the other linemen because they love triple-teaming, double-teaming him. But yeah, I mean, he, he got sacked five times. Their, their offensive line needs to work. They need to draft for that or trade for it or something like that. I mean, 
through the numbers, DK doesn't get targeted as much as I thought he did. Lockett gets target got targeted five more times in the regular season. But I just feel like in the big situations, he targets DK way too much. Agreed. Yeah. Like, and the Rams D, like Jalen Ramsey was just is just you can't do that against Jalen Ramsey. You can't just improv and just keep throwing to the same receiver that Jalen Ramsey's on because he's such a good cornerback. Oh yeah, then the pick six was thrill. Um how do you get throw a pick six on a screen? Like, yeah. <laughs> how, like how do you do that? Like he, he split block there. He split the block there and he just he read them like a book. That was a really good read, though. I was I was impressed by that when I saw it. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's what Twitter gets for com- trying to compare DK Metcalf to Calvin Johnson. That's uh, not an unfair comparison for a guy who's not even top five in receivers in the league. So I said it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Seahawks. I kind of knew they were gonna be a first round exit if they didn't step up, and looks like the prediction came true. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing about Metcalf's targets, I mean, he had 11 targets. Lockett had four targets. I don't think you you were never going to win a game where Lockett gets four targets. He mm-hmm. needs more. I mean, he had one incredible catch down the sideline, I feel like, and then was quiet the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 just, he just, like, pops in and out, but he needs to have more. They need to split that up because they're both dangerous receivers, but it's so predictable when he just throws the DK the whole time. It's just it, it doesn't help them at all. It tears their offensive chemistry apart. Okay, next is Tampa Bay against Washington. I I really like Taylor Heineke. I like the way he played. I saw a glimpse of him in the fourth quarter of the Washington at Carolina game, Week 16, and. For I think 113 yards and a 30-yard touchdown to McKissick, and I just he, he looked good from the jump, and yeah, credit to him. But as for Brady and the Bucks, they played well. They held their own, which I think they should probably should have won by a little more than they did. But Fournette put up 132 all-purpose yards, and Evans had 119 on six receptions. He didn't get any touchdowns, but it's still another good game for him after pretty scary, like, hyperextension of his leg. I thought something was broken, torn there last week, but he's all good. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, I don't, like, the Bucks are not frauds, like, as we thought. But, like, I don't know. There's just, like, the game was a really good game, and I, I feel like a lot of people expect the Buccaneers just run away with this one, but the football team it plays with a lot of heart, and I really think that they could be a competitor or even a pretender, like for years to come. Um, but like, how do you have that good of an offense and you're only putting up 31 points a game against Washington or like someone like that? Like it, like this might be like a little bit outlandish, but like. If you give any quarterback those weapons, I'm pretty sure they would do, like, the same or more. But, like, because it's Brady, I feel like they just hype him up a lot more. But uh, that's besides the point. But pretty good win by the Buccaneers. Um, defense played pretty good. Heineke. I think Heineke should be their starter next year. Um, yes. Or you start Alex Smith for, like, yeah, half the absolutely. year. Or you get Heineke in. Because I think that he plays with a lot of heart, and I think that he deserves that role. Because he played – 
he was just thrown into the fire and he he showed yeah. up. He showed up. It Heineke's more of like a today's age kind of quarterback because more of recently you see more of the mobile quarterbacks who can get around more, you know, not like the the Ben Roethlisberger kind of quarterbacks that just sit in the pocket and just throw it away whenever they're pressured. So I think he, he he can really do well if he gets a fresh start of a new season, can play a bunch of different people. Yeah, I think he can put up big numbers next season if they start him over Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. I like the, I think they should. I mean, a lot of guys are a lot of guys are scramblers, but they can't throw. But he was making some really high pressure throws, yeah. and they were decisions you don't see out of a guy who's started their first game. I mean, he was he was incredible. Plus, I mean, they didn't even. Uh, I mean, Gibson he didn't look healthy at all, so they didn't really have a great run game because he's really the only pure running back on that team. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I like the football team coming up. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next few years. They need a name, though. They need a name. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, they need. Need. Staying the football team is not – it's not working. It's not working for me. It's so weird. I call them the Redskins at least once a weekend. <laughs> yeah. They got to change that next offseason. I just <laughs> – he was making some, like, good reads. Yeah, like, he was like throwing. How many times did Tony? How many times did Tony Dungy say that throughout the broadcast? Well, I like his progression. I like his reads. I'm like, yeah, dude, I get it. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, first Sunday game, we have Ravens at Titans. Final score of twenty to thirteen, and the Ravens came on top. Yeah, Lamar Jackson with three hundred fifteen all-purpose yards, only one touchdown, but that. One rushing touchdown gave him a good edge to win the game. Yeah. Um, man, the defense, the defense, I feel like the defense is not getting enough credit for stopping Derrick Henry because even when they were stopping Derrick Henry, the announcers would not stop talking about him, even when we were beating him. And the comeback down from 10 nothings, awesome because, honestly, in the first quarter, I lost all faith because I was like, well, this is going to be just like last year in the divisional. But... um. Then uh, the rushing touchdown happened, and we were it was ten, tied 10-10. And, uh, you know, the Titans, they got, I think they got exposed, um, obviously. Like in the like in the Packers game, you stopped Derrick Henry, forced Tannehill mm-hmm. to use his arm. Honestly, this score should have probably been like 10 to like 6-20 to 20 because of that offensive P.I. on A.J. Brown. Didn't get called, but it's whatever. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, Henry... 18 attempts, I think, 40 yards. Um, yeah. You know, just yeah. Lamar. A lot of people have seen the Lamar as an average game, but, you know, 300-plus, like, yards of the offense, I'd say, is doing more than just average. I think he played really great. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to go against the Bills next week because I feel like we could upset. I think anybody could win, but – uh. Yeah, the Titans need Titans need a better defense. Their defense is horrible. Their passing defense is trash. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, and we stomped on their logo, so that made me happy too. <laughs> yeah, that was some good revenge. I I liked it. Uh, no, I think uh, I think Lamar had a I think he had a really good game. I mean, the passing numbers aren't insane, but seventeen for twenty four for a guy who runs a ton, and that was I think that was great. The interception was bad. 
But after that, I mean, it was practically lights out. He didn't have to do anything crazy. Like you said, the defense played fantastic. And stopping, you know, Derek, stopping Derek Henry is no easy task. I mean, he ran for 2,000 yards this season. So mm-hmm. stopping him when you know that's what they want to do. And, you know, like you said in the Green Bay game, you know, we did the same thing. You just have to load the box and make Tannehill beat you. Uh, then to other, other to somebody than uh, A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Then Corey Davis went down in the middle of the game. But also I want to shout out Marquise Brown. I did slander his name a lot this season because <laughs> of the tweet that he made. But he played – he's been playing really great, and he had a great game against the Titans. I was really proud of him. He actually looked like he wanted to be in the league. And uh, I think he showed flashes of what he could be. Um, and he looked he looked really good in the game. And, uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Marquise Brown, soldier. Yeah, after that interception, it kind of just, like, flipped the switch on the game. That was when they started really coming back. And just really made the game about them. Dude, the, yeah, Ravens, this is how they win. the Ravens are 6-0 and in road wildcard games, which is crazy. Um Wow. Pretty solid numbers. Uh, yeah. That's a yeah, that's the one in Buffalo. All right. The second game on Sunday is Bears the Saints. It was kind of a boring game to watch. It was only 7-3 to three at halftime, which makes for a kind of a good game. But I like to see a high-scoring game. Uh, but they really shut down Gabe, David Montgomery, which really gave them the edge. I think if David Montgomery had more yards, this game could have been a lot different. Yeah, that was a good win for the Saints. Um, first thing I want to bring up is Wims. Um, Trubisky, that ball is not on Trubisky. The ball literally fell right through yeah. his hands, and you are not paid millions of dollars to drop balls that fall right through your hands. Um, and I feel like if they would have gotten that, that would have probably changed the game because it would have given them a lot of momentum. Um but the Saints' defense is honestly probably one of the more underrated units in the entire league. I feel like their offense has a lot of star power, and their defense just really doesn't get respect. Like Cam Jordan, Malcolm Jenkins, Norris Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore, all really good defenders, and I think they deserve a lot more respect than their names. And I think their entire unit just deserves a lot more um, respect because I, they are a great unit. Like, they forced five interceptions uh, week 17 against Carolina, which is crazy. Um, but the Bears... I think you move on from Mitch Trubisky and you fire Matt Nagy. Uh, my, that's my opinion. That's what I've heard from people. Um, imagine if they drafted Mahomes or Watson. You know, we'd probably be having a different conversation right now. Definitely. And I think Allen Robinson's not going to re-sign with them, so I think it's time for them to rebuild again because uh, – yeah, I think making the playoffs is probably like one of the worst things that happened to them, and I really think that they wish that they didn't make it because, uh, it, like now they think that Trubisky's the answer and that Matt Nagy deserves. Yeah, to it's probably all gonna mm-hmm. not happen, which sucks. Well, it's gonna be tough for them to rebuild because they're paying a ton of money to guys like Mac Quinn and Eddie Jackson, so mm-hmm. they have a lot of money invested in them. And and today it came out that. Uh, Pagano retired. I think that's a bit of BS. I think they made him made him retire. But it looks like Nagy and Pace are going to stay for next year, which is a that's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe they're keeping him. 
I mean, as a Packers fan, you know, sure, keep them as long as they want, but yeah, me too. I mean, that's I mean, that's just that's just a mistake. But I don't even think Trubisky was even bad yesterday. And I mean, you mentioned that you know, you know, thrown the ball to the heavens, just dropped in for whims, and that was an MVS type of drop. I thought I was watching a Packers game. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, and I, I think I've seen I've seen Montgomery get a. I've seen this like 50-50 between other teams' fans saying Montgomery's good, Montgomery's not good. I think he's good. 12 carries, that's not enough. I know they were losing quite a bit, so you feel like you have to throw, but I he needs more more carries. I mean, he needs Derrick Henry-level carries to, for that team to be successful. Mm-hmm. And also, like, the defense just, they kind of underperformed this year. Like, Khalil Mack, like, yeah, he's Khalil Mack, but, like, for how much he's paid, like... Yeah, he, he wasn't much of a like, standout name this year. He was he he was kind of hidden. Same with Eddie Jackson, but um, Roquan, Ro, Roquan Smith did yeah. step up this year. Roquan Smith did have a really good year, but, like, Eddie Jackson, uh, Khalil Mack, I was about to say Kareem Hunt on accident. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, you're not paid that much money to just, like... Yeah, you can be like a star, but like you are paid like the best defensive, like one of the best defensive players in the league, and you need to play like that. And I feel like they didn't play like that this year because you didn't really hear a lot about Khalil Mack and what he did this year. Same with Eddie Jackson, in my opinion. So Jackson had a rough year. He had a rough year. I don't think he had one interception the entire year. Which Mm. you're paying that guy. That money to be a ball hawk type of player, he to come up with some. I mean, it's not even a lot. I mean, I don't even know if Adrian Amos had an interception this year, but I feel like he made more of an impact than uh, than Jackson. And I mean, I you know I live in Illinois. I get a lot of Bears games, so I I mean I watch almost all of them just because they're on. And yeah, he was really quiet. Him and Gibson did not work. And I don't even know if it was Gibson. You might need another partner back there, but. Something's got to change. Also, congratulations to Mr. Bisky for winning Nickelodeon's Most Valuable Player. (laughs) That's a mean Yes, that is really good. How are you just getting that trophy after getting bounced out of the playoffs? Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right, Wes. Last game of Sunday is Browns at Steelers. Final score of 48 to 37 Browns. <laughs> Even with Stefanski, their Pro Bowl guard, Joel Butonio, and their, their top cornerback, Denzel Ward, out from COVID, the Browns still whooped up on them. 28 nothing after the first quarter. Um, that was bad. Yeah, I. I'm gonna drop a wee hooping line. If you know who wee hooping is, I'm gonna say I called it. Um, I said, I said that, that long ago before we even started this podcast that this team was like the Patriots last year, who were eight zero at the start of the year, and I was like, these guys have a cakewalk schedule. Um, like they're gonna get bounced out by the Ravens. What happened? They lost. They got destroyed by the Ravens in. M and T, um, you know, honestly, the game's a lot closer than people like it. Like the score might not say how close the game was, but honestly, if Big Ben didn't throw four picks, like if he threw like two, I think they would have had. I think they still would have won the game, and they yeah. went 
two so many times. Like, just take the points you can get. And then when they punted it on fourth down, I was like, why are you punting it on fourth down? Like, you have the momentum. Like, go for it on fourth. Like, it's playoff football. Like, go. Like, you are the Steelers. You are trying to, like, make sure that everybody doesn't hate you and insult you. And, uh, yeah, Baker looked good. The defense of the Steelers looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. But TikTok Boy had a good game. Same with Claypool. And uh, Ron. But Hunt Chubb ran all over him. Yeah. That was the top of my list for stuff to talk about in this game. They are ridiculously good. I don't think there's – I mean, I, there is there, there is no better tandem in the league right now at running back than those two. I mean, they combined 26 carries, 124 rushing yards. I mean, that's insane. And neither one of them are going to get tired because they can just sub out at any time. I mean, Baker had a really good game. I feel like Baker Mayfield is what – Chicago wants Trubisky to be. They play the same style, both on a lot of boots, except the Browns' boots actually work, even though they should in Chicago, but I don't I don't know why they don't. That's not my problem to worry about. And I think the I think the big thing for Pittsburgh is you, you gotta get Ben out of there. He is not helping you at all. In this whole motion, he gets the ball out quick, great, but you're throwing it right into linemen half the time. I mean, if you're a if you're a D line coach, you know you're one second. Get your arms up in the air, and I can't tell you how many times that nose tackle for the Browns he batted a ton of balls. Yeah, that, that's happened a lot this season. I've seen everyone's just diving for balls tipped up in the air, and it's just yeah, I've seen it a lot actually. Now that I think about it, I think the Steelers will be really bad in the coming years because they a lot of people on their defense are free agents this year. I think a lot of them are going to leave. Same with, I think Juju Smith-Schuster might even leave. And I think Big Ben should just retire. Like, like you're not, like, he's regressed so hard this year. It's, even as a Ravens fan, I hate the guts out of the Steelers. But, you know, I respect Big Ben for who he is, you know. He's a good quarterback. But this year, I was like, he does not, he needs to just quit because he can't do this. Um, but then Pouncey. Like how 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 have you played this many years in the NFL and you cannot snap the ball? To yeah. Oh, that was so bad. I was like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, just throw the bad just uh, towards Brown's way for the rest of the game. I I'll give it credit to Pittsburgh though they outscored Cleveland in every other quarter, but they that whole twenty-eight zero thing just they couldn't come back from like they just couldn't. But this pass. Still a good game for Cleveland, though. I mean, they play as a whole, and Mayfield continues to show his leadership and aggression throughout the season. This is his best season yet. Man, but let me tell you, this pack is hitting. The Steelers pack is hitting. I'm happy about it, man. Yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of people were not liking them just because of their easy schedule, their cakewalk schedule, and it yeah. finally showed up. They finally showed out, like, what was going to happen, whatever was predicting. What Juju said, with what Juju said and what Claypool said before the game started, like, you can't go into that and then be like, oh, yeah, we're going to win. Like, they should know that if you tease and, like, try to, like, be cocky around an NFL team, they're going to let you have it because I think that made them want to play even harder against them. Like, you can't say, 
oh, it's the same Browns every year. No, it's not. The Browns are the playoffs this year, and they're they are hungry. Yeah. They they wanted their first win since 1994, and they got their first playoff win since 1994 because they were hungry, and they just wanted it more than Steelers. That's it's as simple as it gets. I hate those guys. I hate that the guys talk so much and they've won absolutely nothing. Especially Juju. He should know better. Claypool, he doesn't talk as much, but yeah. he was on his TikTok live the day after saying that they're going to get smacked around by the Chiefs. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. But, I mean, that's pretty petty to say afterwards. I, I don't yeah. think I, I would have the balls to say something like that. Yeah, it makes me mad that the Ravens lost this team twice. Um, the first game was on Lamar. Second game was on COVID. Uh, you know, just sucks because I wish we won the division and could have had a game at M&T Bank. But, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles. And we're in, they're out. So, yeah, that's how it turned out. Yeah. But I think, I mean, they're farther than in the playoffs. I think that's how everyone imagined it would be. But All right, a few questions about the wildcard game. So, first one. Are we impressed by the Browns or depressed by the Steelers? Kind of both. I'm probably say both because the Browns' offense is very lethal. Without OBJ, I think they should get rid of OBJ because OBJ eats a lot of their cap, and they could make that passing defense a lot better. And they've played a lot better without OBJ. It sucks to yeah. He as well. I hope he turns the form, but I feel like Baker was pressured more to target OBJ because OBJ's on the field. But yeah. now that he's on the field, he can hit Peoples, Jones, and Higgins, and uh, Landry. And Cream Hunt is the same old Cream Hunt, and Chubb is Chubb. Um, and even the defense stepped up, you know. But, you know, we also have to be disappointed in the Steelers. I knew their offense wasn't good. Um, their receivers suck, especially Johnson. Deontay Johnson sucks. Um and although they had some key injuries like Bud Dupree and uh, what's his name? Someone else tore their ACL. Um, Devin Bush. Yeah, Devin Bush. Some big losses for them. Hope they heal and recover. Um, you know, you just you have to play like you're the third seed in the AFC. And they did not. They did not play like they were the third seed in the AFC. They did they played like they were the seventh seed and were ready to just give up. Yeah. Big Ben. Big Ben, man. Just hang it up. That's all I got to say. You looked horrible. You know, we threw for 500 yards, four touchdowns, you know. But the four picks, that's that's what people are going to look at because that's what lost you the game. He lost on the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd have to say – I'd have to say a little bit of both too because I'm definitely depressed by this from the Steelers' performance because of the Marquis Pouncey, like, horrible snaps. It's the first play of the game. I – just those two like careless interceptions from Roethlisberger. I mean, they just didn't. They just seemed just like a lob up. It it just didn't look good to me. And then the Browns. I'm impressed by them because when they got the ball after those turnovers, they did something with it. They were marching up the field. They 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 were doing what they needed to do, and they ended up winning the game because because they kind of got the ball from all those turnovers, and then went a three and out and then kicked it right back to him. So I think they they handled the ball well and they played well. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's a little bit of both, but I think it's more of the Steelers being bad. Even though I do think the Browns had a really good game, I do think they will not play like this next week. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, games like this never happen. And for somebody to get that much momentum that early, that's just insane. Also, one thing about the Steelers I wanted to bring up is James Conner and that whole running back room is atrocious. I mean, he had 11 carries for 37 yards. I mean, guaranteed, you know, he had a touchdown, but, I mean, who cares? I mean, it, it, yeah. they were awful. I mean, three, three, three and a half yards of carry is garbage. You have – they have – I think between a quarterback and a running back, they have to get those this year. And there's some good options at running back. I know I don't know what I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. I mean Rudolph is not it, but you have to either draft somebody or try to pick up somebody in free agency. I mean somebody like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne or even Chuba Hubbard late in the draft, you have to target somebody like that. They have to. You still have to balance the offense. I mean I know they were down a lot, but Ben throwing 68 times. That's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at. Um, they used to rely on James Conner. He used to be a big asset. And then they kind of they just veered away from him. And then this is a reason for, like, the 67 pass attempts from Roethlisberger. And then he throws four interceptions. I, like, I don't know what – I don't know what their OC is expecting because if they put the ball in Roethlisberger's hands all the time, he's not going to be efficient every single time when he throws 67 times in one game. It's just way too much. Which much for him to handle any quarterback. I would agree. All right, so my next, my next question is like a marketing kind of one. Because, so is it worth investing in a running back when it seems passing a defense or winning these playoff games for everyone? So I'm not seeing a lot of running takeover in these wins that everyone's getting. Like, I see a lot of Pat. What? Uh, I, I, I lagged out. Oh. So, is it worth investing in a running back when it seems passing defense or winning the playoff games for these teams? Um, like, is it worth investing heavy, like big contracts and stuff? Like in the pass heavy or run heavy? Is that what you said? In the run heavy, is it worth investing a lot, big contracts? Um, it really depends about the scheme you run your offense in. Um, you know. For like Patrick Mahomes, you want a really pass heavy group, mm-hmm. or like you know, like for Lamar Jackson, you want a really run heavy group, and that's what their uh, ownership has assembled for them. You know, just groups that will block and catch the ball when he needs to throw it, and then running backs who will run the ball really well, like J.K. Dobbins at Mark Ingram, and then receivers like Mahomes has, like you know Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Watkins, Kelsey. You know, just. And then maybe you need both, you know, like dual threat QBs. You know, it it just depends on the QB and what kind of system and what kind of scheme the team and the coach want to run. You know, that's – I think it's up to the scheme and the coach, but it, that's my answer. It really just depends on what offense they want to do. Yeah, definitely in the Ravens situations, I'd say you just get – really good blockers for them because they're a really run-heavy team and they're, they're first rushing offense because that's what they use the most. So, yeah, I, I guess it really does depend on how you're, which way you're going with it. It was the last passing defense or offense, too. So, 
passing. <laughs> yeah. They're definitely the most run-heavy NFL. I don't know. I think uh, I think the Zeke kind of contracts, I think those have to start coming to an end. I just think it's too yeah. easily it's too easy to replace those guys in the draft. Just in the like, you know, I mean just from the Packers situation, they're not gonna pay Aaron Jones, they're not gonna pay Jamal Williams, they're gonna draft somebody this year probably, and you're gonna roll with what we got. I just don't I don't think they're worth paying. I mean, look at the Zeke situation. I mean, you paid him a ton, and now you're stuck with it, and he had a terrible year. I mean, I know he did in general, but I don't. I just don't think it's worth it because you're, you know, I mean, you're logged up in a position you can get, I mean, basically off the street almost. Mm. I mean, look at Devontae Freeman for the Giants. I mean, even when he played that tiny bit in the season, he wasn't that bad, and he's just coming off the street. You can mm. find guys to do that anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely in the Packers situation, I don't see them resigning Jones or Williams. I see them rolling with AJ Dillon because obviously he's very, very powerful. So yeah, you guys close. Yeah. yeah, he's he's been a beast from the jump. I see them sticking with him. Although I hate to see Aaron Jones go. That, that's oh, how it's got to be. You're like I keep seeing him to the Patriots, and I don't like that at all. Like. This year, like with the whole Zeke thing, pop, like the, I think the only reason why Zeke did good, like like Zeke's a decent running back. Don't get me wrong, but he only did good because he has really he had a really good line behind him. Um, same reason why Le'Veon Bell flourished in Pittsburgh uh, for a few years because he had a good line behind him, and then he went to the Jets where they have a terrible O line and he sucked. Um, you know, I think a lot of these running backs look good because they have good lines behind them. And a lot of people don't know that, and they're like, oh, we're running back. Our line yeah. sucks. And, uh, you know, it's just what happens. And I think Pollard outplayed Zeke towards the end of the season. Cause oh, Pollard, definitely. Pollard was, yeah, getting, absolutely. Pollard was getting a lot. He was getting a lot of, not a lot of carries, but, like, a lot of action. And when he did get that action, he uh, he made it work. Like, you know, you get people like James Robinson, you know, Undrafted. Oh, yeah. That's my high school. Uh, he was in my high school class. I don't know. If, I don't know if I ever mentioned that. Yeah, he oh. was. I graduated with him. That's crazy. Did you ever go to like one of the games and he like average like got like five hundred yards in the game? Oh, we. Yeah, I never missed a game ever. I mean, they were too good. I mean, our team never won a ton. I mean, we got to the state semifinals a couple times, but yeah, I mean, he just. Carried us. I mean, we beat a team seventy-nine to three one game. Oh, yeah, it was insane. But I mean, we played a bunch of farm schools that couldn't. You know, they couldn't handle a kid like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. usually how these running backs are in these high school counties. It's so funny. So but again, I think, but I think even that, you know, that circles back to what you know we talked about with Zeke. I mean, he was undrafted, and mm-hmm. yeah. those kind of numbers. I just, you know. I don't pay running backs. Yeah, but um, also with the Christian McCaffrey thing, you know, he signs the extension, gets injured, and I think Mike Davis did a very, he did a great job. Yeah, in the pregame, in the pregame of Green Bay and Carolina, like there, he was like something to look out for. Like he, he was something you really had to like look at, defend, play. Like you had to outplay him. Yeah, yeah I saw him. he he. 
he did well. I don't see him as taking over the spot, but I just, yeah, like you said, you can pull him off the street, they'll do well. It's like the re-signs are so, so dangerous, so risky. Yeah. Right. Contracts are like the first contracts in the NFL. They're just really high risk, low reward. Yeah. My last question for the NFL wildcard games is, okay, so Lamar won his first playoff game of, I think, many in his career going forward. But how do we see the Ravens the rest of the postseason? Um, you know, I'm going to be optimistic. You know, we beat the Bills last year without Diggs. Um, the Bills don't have the best run defense. They also Their defense has been really shaky this year. I think that they can make it to the cha- championship. It just depends about how Lamar plays and how the offense does and how the, if the defense can cover Diggs well and limit. Like, I, I was reading the NFL post today about how the Ravens can beat the Bills, and they said, make Josh Allen be really flashy and make him try to make the big plays when he doesn't need to. Like, you saw in the Colts game towards the end, where he got like he like broke a sack and then he tried to extend the play and he got sacked and he ended up fumbling. If the Colts would have gotten that, I think they would have won, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and we beat them last. Year. last year. It was, it was without, without but, that was but pre-Allen breakout year though. So I, just like you said, it depends on Lamar. It also depends on Josh Allen. So like, yeah. that, that's like a really hard one to call, but. I think a lot of people are saying that those are going to blow out the Ravens, and I don't see that happening because I feel like these teams are really evenly matched. They both have really good defenses and really good offenses. I think it's going to be a very even match, and I think the Ravens could. I think the Ravens could, and hopefully, pull out the upset because that'd be awesome. Because we proved the doubters wrong again, and Lamar would be two and two on the playoffs, which would be awesome for him. It'd be a great story, um, but. Yeah, I think I think the Ravens could. Think yeah, I think the Ravens have a slim, slim chance to beat the Chiefs or whoever wins. In the, it depends who's in the championship with them, but I think the Ravens could. Make, I think anybody can make the Super Bowl in the AFC and the NFC. But that's, yeah. how, that's how open it is this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think the uh, I think the Ravens can beat beat the Bills, but yeah, you have to make. I mean, you guys have a top five D line for stopping the run. As you can see, with you know stopping Henry, but I think, I think making Josh Allen beat you is a, is you know it's the same thing with Lamar. Is he gonna have a good game? Is he gonna have a bad game? Or I mean, I mean Allen doesn't even really have bad games anymore. He just has average at this point. But I think yeah. if Lamar if Lamar can play like he did this weekend, I think he's fine. I mean, he didn't even throw for a touchdown, which is fine. He had that one crazy run, but I mean that's all he has to do. Just take it when it's open. Don't try to force anything. And I think that was the big thing with him. Don't try to do anything you can't do. I mean, and after that one really bad interception, I think he reined it back in, and he was great. Yeah, I think he tried to get really flashy at the start and tried to do too much. And when he when he tries to do too much, it always backfires on him. But like like I said with the run defense, too, those rush defense, they go up 46 to the Titans and let Derrick Henry feast all over their defense, which is why I have optimism for why we could win, because if we have the number one rushing attack going against a shaky rushing defense, I think we could honestly, I think we could run all over them, which opens up the passing, and then we just we just run whatever we want, like how it, always, I would say, how it goes against these 
weaker teams and some other teams, you know. That's how it, our offense usually operates. But, of course, you know, we got to limit Josh Allen. And the, although the run game's not that good, their passing game's good. So Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, Deshaun Elliott, all those guys, Queen, everybody has to lock up, you know. Everyone has to step up. It's the playoffs, you know, big game. And prove everybody wrong, you know. Nobody, and their, receiving their receiving core is solid with Beasley, Gabriel Davis, and Diggs. They have a lot better receivers than I think a lot of people realize. Because all you hear about is Diggs. Be, you know, is he two or three? I mean, he's not a he's not the best receiver, but I, you know, Bills fans might think so. But I think, I think you have to limit. I mean, Cole Beasley in the slot just feasted. Yeah, he's a beast. I, mean, I know he. He's not 100% healthy, but I think even 80% Cole Beasley can shred the middle. And I haven't heard much about Patrick Queen. I know he hasn't rated well in PFF, but that's PFF. Can he cover the pass at all? Um, his coverage is shaky at best. Um, he's not really good at coverage, so they'll probably pick on Queen a lot this game. And I hope he steps up. But, you know, that's something that's going to develop with time. You know, he's a rookie. You know, it's kind of expected, you know. Um, yeah, but he's pretty shaky with coverages, uh, in my opinion. And from what I've heard, if you ask a lot of other Ravens fans, he's pretty shaky in coverage. Um, yeah. So, as for the Ravens rushing offense, I think they're really unpredictable. They have so many different ways, like so many just different plays they can run. With Dobbins, Ingram. Gus Edwards, and then you got Lamar, who's just an animal. Like you saw that thirty-five yard run, thirty-nine yard run for the touchdown. Just he just completely changes the whole game. And I don't know if they can defend it, considering their defense is about fifteenth ranked in the NFL. So you know, well, the the is so, it's so diverse. Like it's yeah. not like revolutionary or anything, but like when you have a quarterback who can sometimes beat you with the throw, but also beat you with the run, it makes the read option a lot. It, it makes it a lot harder to read because it's like, oh, well, now we have to worry about Dobbins, who gets like six yards per carry. But we also have to worry about Lamar, who could just take it and run. But yeah. they run a lot of power running plays, um, which I've noticed. Um, I saw a video on that, on why the Ravens' offenses are revolu- like – revolutionary or something like that, but um, you know, if the Bills can stop the Ravens offense, it's going to be a shootout and it's just going to be, it's probably just going to be who can defend better, you know? Yeah, I mean, the Bills can run the QB contained plays, but then once you get some good blocks at the middle, then Lamar can just go. Like, that's exactly how he did in that one run also. He ran straight through the middle, get good blocks, and then it just opened up for him, so I'm not sure how the Bills are going to play him, but and then Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, Sneed, Duvernay, they all need to step up too. Because if you make as if you make yourself a viable threat, then people are gonna be people are gonna take you seriously in the pass game. They're gonna be like, oh well, he could pass it. But he could also run it, which kind of just makes a three headed monster for their offense, because you got the QB draw, the run plays, and then if he if he passes well, then you have that to worry about too. But that's kinda like Probably two and a half heads on yeah. monster, you know. They run a lot of cross routes, and they just, but just like the way their defense plays them all the time, just like because they're so unpredictable, they're they're always open. So, yeah, it makes it good for them. 
Okay, now, last thing. We're going to go to the national championship last night. Alabama versus Ohio State. Okay, so the final score was 52-24 Alabama. Okay, so Devontae Smith, unfortunately, went out in the second half after a hand injury, but he made his presence clear in the first half with 12 receptions, 215 yards, and three touchdowns. Like, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. He's an absolute animal, but... Oh. How high is his draft stock now? What do you think? I got him at, I'd say, three. Yep, that's exactly where he was. He should just he should have just stayed in the stadium. He shouldn't even have to leave. Just hang out. Wait till wait till April. Mm-hmm. They need him. Get him and Tua back together if they keep him. Personally, yeah. I like the Watson trade, but I don't know if that'll be. I don't know if that'll happen. But I mean, even him and Tua, that'd be fine. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I don't. I actually tuned in to watch the game last night. I actually finally watched like a college football game. Mac Jones is severely underrated. He is severely underrated. A lot of people don't even have him as the top three quarterback prospect. He threw for like five touchdowns and like 500 yards. Like, I think he's also broken a lot of records this year. I think he beat Joe Burrow's passing record in the national championship by like a few yards, which is just crazy. I feel like I feel like Mike Jones definitely deserves a lot more praise on his name. And I'm not sure, like, Fields did all, like, he did all right, you know, but, like, I think Ohio State did good for, like, what they, you know, like, what they are, you know. But I feel like a lot of people just played the game to be closer because they beat Clemson. But mm-hmm. you're going against Bama. You're going against Bama. So, yeah, I just think it. that Bama was the better team. I don't really think anything was wrong. I just think they were the better team. Bama's so yeah. good. They're so good. Yeah, I have Mac. I uh, I have Mac Jones as my third, my third rated quarterback coming into the draft, and I have Fields as I have him as my fifth rated, and I know that is probably super hot, but I am just yeah. I am not a fan, not a fan. I mean, I I'd rather have Trey Lance do over him, and obviously Zach Wilson and, and Lawrence. I just don't think, I don't think it's there. I just yeah, don't. Though I'm an Ohio State fan, I. I always seen Fields as like not a good NFL quarterback from just like watching him play over the years. He just never seemed like someone that could dominate in the NFL. He just doesn't have that type for me. I don't understand. It's, I don't really know how to explain it, but I just never seen him like that. I don't think he has it either. I, I think for him to do well in the NFL, he would have to fall in the perfect situation. Now I've heard Atlanta, I think that might be okay, but they they have a lot of upper echelon problems up in the up in the office. They have to figure that out first. The weapons are there, but they got a lot of management problems to work out. Well, they might be trading Julio Jones. I think they said they were going to make Julio Jones and Matt Ryan open for trade this offseason. Um, Julio Jones, the Baltimore, please. We need a number one wide receiver desperately. Uh, Would you really do that, though? Straight up? Would you really do that? It really depends. If we don't get Allen Robinson or Galladay or someone like that, then maybe. But it depends how desperate we are and how we well we do in the playoffs. Because I think that's our biggest problem is a true number one wide receiver. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know what situation would be the best for him. You know, I know for um, uh, the wide receiver, I, I, is, it, is it Swift or is it uh, Chase? 
Swift, right? The guy who won the Heisman. Um, Smith. Whatever his name is. Smith. Devontae Smith. Yeah. yeah, Smith. I know a lot of people, like a lot of Eagles fans here in uh, MD, want him to go to the Eagles. Some, some of my friends. Um, I don't feel like that'd be a good situation for him. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll see how the draft unfolds. And I, I, I hope... I hope he doesn't get ruined, and I hope his talent doesn't get wasted on a on a trash team because I feel like he's going to be a generational talent. Yeah, I don't want I don't want him going to a franchise like the Texans who just waste careers. It's bad. He'd be a good weapon for Watson, though. He'd be a really good weapon for Watson. Yeah, I don't think he's really liking it in there though. The Texans don't have a first round pick this year, so because they go Larry Tunsil trade. Oh, this is sick. Okay, back to Justin Fields, though, actually. Back in episode seven, we did the mock draft. I put him at number four for the Falcons because I I put him as a backup, kind of like a Jalen Hurts type, for my, Matt Ryan. Like, I I don't see him as a starter coming straight in. I believe he could learn and start or just be, like, a career backup. But, yeah, I, I yeah, think the Falcons should take him. That's a high pick. That's a high pick for somebody who is a. I mean, I understand not starting right away. That might be fine, but yeah. I mean, even even you as an Ohio State fan saying he might be a career backup at four. I mean, that's already that's already a bad pick. I, I just I don't know. I just never saw him like that. I, I don't think he could be a starter, but I, I believe Matt Ryan getting older could be. He could be the next thing for Atlanta. Okay, so this is my last question for the whole thing. So, who would win in a matchup between this year's Alabama team and last year's LSU team? Oh, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good question, man. That's a great question. Be good game. Yeah. I think it's an easier answer than people think. I think LSU blows them out. Oh, blows them out. Okay, so yeah, I, I did have LSU. I didn't have I'll a take blowout, yeah. Um, I saw like a really high scoring game, but not a blowout. So you have, you have LSU blowing out this year? I just think the offense is good, and that defense was loaded. Yeah. Loaded last year. They drafted a ton. I think it was eight starters they drafted. Yeah, it was insane. I mean, they weren't all high picks, but I mean, you draft eight starters on defense. I mean, I wouldn't quote me on that, but it was it was a high amount of guys. I mean, Isaiah Simmons was the highest, and whew, I just plus I mean, Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson. I mean, good God, look what Justin Jefferson's done, even on the Vikings. Yeah, he, he's he did really well this year. <laughs> yeah, so I had LSU. I had LSU. Just because Burrow was such an absolute powerhouse. And then just they had everything. I, I don't I wouldn't say Bama's win this year was like a like a Mickey Mouse win, like the NBA. <laughs> uh, I I just don't think that they would beat the LSU team. I just saw I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet asking this question, so I had to I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. Yeah. Also, Joe Burrow in that year where they won the championship had one of, one of, if not the best, college quarterback season 
like people have said that of all time, you know, like that, like that's who you're going against, you know. I think I'd take LSU. I think I'd be. I think I'd be. I think it'd be yeah, yeah, yeah. Semi close game. It'd be a semi close game. Right first, right first, right. Let's do it. Okay. So, anything else you want to put in on that question, Matt? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I just think LSU blows them out. But I think, you know, just going back to this year's Alabama team. I haven't seen Najee Harris very high in mock drafts, and I do not understand why. The dude is a stud. And understand, I get, I might, you know, I'm backtracking on myself because you don't draft yeah. running back super high, but, I mean, I wouldn't draft him super high, but I have a late a late first-round grade on him. I, mean, I think he's that good. I mean, he had 22 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns, and then he had – Seven catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's insane. He's getting the job done. Christian, anything else you want to add? Uh-uh. I have my Sorry, phone. Mike was lagging earlier, so I, I, had to... I just said Joe Burrow had one of the best college seasons of all time, debatably, if not the best. And I think if you're going against that, you take LSU. That's about it. All right. Well, that's all I have for tonight. Matt, I want to thank you again for joining us. I uh, had a good time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed myself. Always love talking football. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. All right, thank you for tuning in to episode 11 of the 4 Sports Podcast. Have a good one.